Welcome to Pod Sham God with Amo and Brandon. No time to pump fake, it's crunch time. We got a special guest in the studio tonight. Just a guest. Just a guest and a buddy of ours. We got John Christman. Just a guy. JPC Design representing. Say hi, John. Hello. That's glad, his, glad to be here. His normal speaking voice. We do have him pitched down a couple of octaves. Amo, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You, yes, uh, sir. Pulling yourself back together after that that Bucks loss. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to recover from that brutal attack just now. Yeah. So to let people, I'm not know, even thinking about the Bucks. Yeah. Like, actually, this was kind of good. Like you, it's kind of like you got your cage rattled a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a bit. So before we listened, or before we started this, we listened to a diss track from yours truly, John Chrisman over here. He uh, got a little bit mad about Amo calling him Johnny G Strings, and uh, he had to retaliate. You know, and the thing about it is. I'm just trying to pay tribute to the guy. Like, I just really love how you play the G string mm. on the guitar. I, I didn't know I that he was sensitive about, you know. Krings, what do you got to say about this? I, I, you took it the wrong way. I don't know your habits. I don't know your fetishes. I don't know what you're into. <laughs> um, but for you to come out like that. It was a dope beat, too. It was slamming. Yeah, I mean, I think the track says it all. We'll leave it at that, you know. I think that... Uh, I don't think it does say it all, John. Well, I think it says it all. I think it uh, <laughs> it, it encapsulates, uh, you know, a mood. And I think that that's, that's a good thing, you know. I felt good about it, so... What kind of sentiment were you trying to get across in this? Like, what exactly, like, was it playful? Was it... Uh... Was it hateful? <laughs> well, I think that that's the tough part is like normally when you write a rap, it's like a rap, you know, whatever. It's like uh, try to have it be something that's intellectual. But then there's a side of rap where it's like battle rap. And I think that it takes you there. So I think that that's really what what I, uh, you know, what you go for is like you're doing like some like battle rap style. And battle thing. raps. It's always in good faith. You know, you want to yeah. make sure everybody's included. You want to make sure. But then you, you go for it. But then you're also kind of including the other person in it. But Amo, how do you feel about it? Because this is a direct attack on you. Yeah, well, yeah. a slight, a slight attack. <laughs> I, I won't totally say it's like you know. I, I wouldn't call it a diss track per se. Okay. Yeah. What would you call it? Well, I mean, I, the name says it. What is it? Bad egg. You know, I think that. I think that. Uh... So you're calling him a bad egg just in general? <laughs> no, I. I Seems didn't say that. I, <laughs> I don't think that there's anything been implied that. Uh, no, there's you know, there's implications. The inspiration to the track. You know, it's just there's inspiration, and then there's the the actual uh, mm. placement of of everything. Oh, in it's the song, being it's so. being placed. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, how do you could, feel? We could, we could move on from that. Oh no! 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 Let's keep it. Let's keep it here oh, for shit. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we got to go over a couple of key lines in there. Uh, it's not even just the lines. Let's go over like the threats. Okay. Oh, wow. Is, was there some threats there? I feel like those are fighting words. Oh, mm. oh okay. All right. I feel like, I feel like we were going to have you on to squash the beef here. And okay. I think I think we just took it to another level. It's been inflamed. <laughs> oh, all right. I uh, mean, Krings did say he was well, going to call Don King in here. So I mean I don't know. <laughs> that's your guy? <laughs> no, that that's a misquote there. That's I said a mis- that oh, it, it was felt Dana- like we were we were gonna oh. have him come out. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh And then he called Dana White and I was just like, I was what just are you gonna doing say you better up that money. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean you guys met my demands to come on the show. Everything was, was good. <laughs> Everything's kosher. You got that <laughs> that money wire transfer for six grand or whatever it was yeah. you wanted. No, thank you guys for having me on and uh you know, playing this, playing this beautiful track and, uh, you know, and for the listeners, we will play the track at the end of the podcast. So you can catch a little bit of, uh, 
you know the implications of what's going on here no there's no implications we're, we're all good friends like this shit is like uh you know real good fun you know it's all good <laughs> like so Amma, what you been up to this week man <laughs> oh, uh, hard transition <laughs> the know, glare stare no, nobody dude. yeah you're just like glaring at him i'm like all right what else yeah is going yeah on? <laughs> i feel like it's not i feel like i feel like this is gonna be a little tense podcast here yeah Johnny. it's hard it's hard for your glares to translate to uh audio it's, it's gonna be glares all night <laughs> it's right in my line of sight too but no i had a good weekend i had a good weekend nice you make it up to minneapolis despite like- despite some of the threats you said you were going to be held hostage and have to go to Minnesota. Yeah, it's part of the reason I had to get away. Uh, there were there was threats in town. You had to you had to flee the scene. Yeah, yeah. Some guys get sensitive about some things, and all of a sudden, <laughs> here we are. That's a little bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I got got away for a second. <clears throat> got, got out to, of town. Uh, yeah, I got to get outside. It was actually really nice in Minneapolis. I know it was kind of hot here. It's been beautiful weekend. here. This weekend, though? Yeah, it wasn't hot. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It's hot when I left. I mean, I don't know. I thought you said you like it hot. That's true. Hotter than July, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> That's true. Now, speaking of Stevie Wonder, um, I hung out at uh, Prince's house for a Ooh, second. Oh, we got to go see the, the Purple Estate. Yes, sir. Nice. And they had a nice little uh, timeline on there. Prince had a nice little timeline. It's got a dope idea where he's in the middle and he's got on one side just picture of people that he uh, influenced and then the other side it's like people that, people that inspire. Yeah. So, John, you're going to be on my side of people I inspire <laughs> on my wall here. What was the vibe out there? Because um, I don't think a lot of people realize it's like not even in like a it's just in a residential area. It's just like a straight up normal little neighborhood yeah and then you're like oh it's prince's studio and his house it's just it's exactly that it's just yeah. in like a little neighborhood it's not really too secluded at all um and then you're all of a sudden you're there he had like a a stage there that i guess you would do like dope shows at yeah just people could come out whenever and there was one in particular out. he was doing like this uh piano series where he's just playing solo piano and he was doing one there and i had like i was like oh i'm gonna go and then like the plans fell through sure Never got to go. That would have been dope. Would have been so dope. So I heard those shows at his his place are incredible. Yeah, probably just the sickest. Um, Krings, you got any uh, Prince Prince songs you like in particular? I heard a little bit about that about the home studio and playing and stuff. Um, <clears throat> I think it was back like Musicology album or something like that. And then yeah. there was that uh, Breakfast Can Wait track. Yeah, you love the Breakfast Can Wait. Yeah, there was like that was like in that Beat Bravo mix, but. Yeah, I was surprised that that was Prince, and you know, there was never really a time. Maybe I misunderstood some of that earlier '80s stuff, but I think like all the '80s stuff is like kind of hard to understand in a certain capacity at a point. Like, yeah, yeah. movies. Like, you got to put we, it in the context, and then it makes a lot of sense. We're all '80s babies, so I think coming at it, we're like we're just like, what the hell were you guys doing? You know, like we we're like yeah. four years old, and we were just like confused by like the the general vibe. You know, the whole culture was like totally on some oddball futuristic tip and then yeah i I don't even know if i know what culture was when i was four no i I feel like i think you did though i think you're like what are you guys up to here what's going on and then i don't remember i remember in the early 90s i do not remember anything about the 80s you don't remember no 89 90 i mean it's really like 87 through like 81 or 91 yeah i I don't remember i i so 90 91 that's kind of my what's so yeah what's your guys's first memories what do you got going 
What do you action remember? figures, action figures, action figures. <laughs> <laughs> you remember playing with action figures? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, lots of what, toys. What age do you think that was? Like four or uh, five? Well, that you know, that is actually interesting is because some of your first memories, do you remember because the stuff that people told you and you exactly. might see a right. picture like yeah. that was uh, it's Florida. It's forest and you're like, oh, I was there. I remember that. Yeah. Like I remember some not traumatizing things, but just certain like energies or whatever that I had like in Florida when we were there for uh, Disneyland or whatever. I was real young. Like they wouldn't let me on any of the rides. Not tall enough. But I remember seeing pictures and then it kind of comes back. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, but like direct I'm memories like that. that it's always vague. Yeah. It's like, what do you remember? Yeah. But yeah, I remember one time uh, I was really, really young and I do remember this distinctly, but I was like sitting on my dad's lap and uh, I must have been like four or something. And he had a bunch of Coca-Cola and he like let me start drinking it out of a two liter, you know, and he, did, he was just like, whatever, the kid loves it, you know. And then I got like wired on you know, soda and caffeine. And I'm like a little dude. And so my mom comes home and she's like, you let him have soda. And like, I'm off the walls bonkers, you know, just like flipping out, running everywhere. And she's like, you got to stay up with him now. Cause, uh, the kid's going to be up until the next day, which I was, but I do remember that I must've been four, maybe five at the most. So I don't know. I'm what do you got? Early memories. Um, let's see. I just remember, like just memories of being around family um and just kind of causing trouble i don't know i i, I kind of remember like places mm-hmm. like just fragments of places so when i was three i moved from illinois to like wisconsin and i don't remember anything about illinois like at all so like up until like 89 90 like all that life like i don't remember any of it um, it's only when I started like anything in Wisconsin. Those are all my memories. Like, yeah, there's a specific there's, there's a start distinct, date. Yep, yep, there's a distinct starting point there. I gotcha. So it's weird. Like, I can't really like point out to like a lot of cool stories. You know, like they're just random stories of just. And you're saying you remember places. like places and yep. like structures. Yep. And I feel like uh, like sense memories. There's like a lot of like remember, colors and moods and things like that. You remember? I remember this one day where the sky was pink. You know, like I was five and the whole thing was just beautiful. You know that, and I remember how like places used to look. Like I remember how like the like uh, cities kind of change a lot over time. Yeah, absolutely. I still yeah. Just remember how just certain places always kind of were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never... funny like how like sorry, sorry. it's just funny yeah. too like how um just certain like songs or smells there's just just other senses can really invoke those memories like in a a long way too like sometimes you're just tied to yeah the sense memory is huge and the the songs too like it's always funny when like family members are like oh you always loved uh you know uh the wheel in the sky keeps on turning or like something (laughs) cheesy you know i'm just like oh i hate that i love that when i was five you know but that's you know you like the music that you like you know it's just a feeling yep yep no, there's definitely like old bangers that like you don't even know what they were, like Dire Straits. As oh, a kid for sure. That I just remember rocking out like yep. in the basement. You're like imitating Mark Knopfler's guitar parts, like yep. little like five year old almost like I'm going crazy over here. For Dire sure, Straits. for sure. It's just infectious. <laughs> any any like uh, music from your youth there, uh, Krangs, that you remember that's coming to mind? I mean, some cassette tapes like uh, Aerosmith, Janie's Got a Gun, yeah, and there pump, was Pump. Aerosmith, come on. <laughs> there was that Ozzy album, like the solo album, but somebody put it in the wrong place in the CD player, right? And people were like, 
yeah, what happened to that Ozzy CD? And then like it finally <laughs> came out like ten years later, and it was like it was John. What did you do with it? <laughs> did you just like you just tossed it? Some 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 like family friend came over and she was like pushing me to push it in. So like, I can't take total ownership of it, but we like threw it in there. Damn. We like, damn, there's that Ozzy CD. Like they had to buy another one. That was a good, that oh, was a so good So they one. liked it so much. They wouldn't got a duplicate. I'm sure we did rebuy it. Oh, and that's like, classic. You know, that first Pearl Jam album, like there was an iconic time with certain CDs when they would get released, but yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was tripping. I was going through my mom's old uh, tape collection after she had passed away, and there was a uh, copy of uh, Nirvana's Nevermind, and the receipt was still in there from like oh, Tower damn. Records, you know, from like whatever ninety one or ninety two, whenever Nevermind came out. And I was like, oh man, the receipt is still in there, and it's like pristine because it was like in the cassette. Like, oh man, you know, Nevermind, so much Nevermind, and of course, you know, County Crows, August, and everything after. I think everybody was listening to that. At yeah, I time. never got into that one. I tried to I check it lying. out. I'm not. I actually tried to check it out recently. Oh damn! Okay. Um, uh, it's all right. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I just was never. Like, I was into like that scene too. I guess like alternative music or whatever. I'm not saying the County Crows are alternative. That was like mainstream. So like that. I'm just saying like everybody had that. Like yeah. It's like a copy of like Nirvana's Nevermind. Nirvana for sure. But yeah. I don't know about County Crows. I don't know. I feel like you saw those like everywhere. And then you're like, yeah. Pearl Jam 10. Pearl Jam 2. Like that, that one was definitely was everywhere. hot. But I don't know about, I don't know. I feel maybe I'm the only one. No, the County Crows stuff was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Same with like Tom Petty's greatest hits. There's like a trillion oh, copies Oh, Tom of Petty that. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you all of those. Absolutely. Um, what's the uh, All Along the Watchtower? The, he covers Jimi Hendrix, doesn't he? Jimi Hendrix does the Bob Dylan version. Yeah, Bob Dylan did it originally. Oh, uh, that's what it, it is. Bob, he does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bob yeah, Dylan yeah. does it originally on John Wesley Harding from 67. And then yeah. Hendrix covered it shortly after. Shit. Well, there's a, there's a sick uh, Tom Petty cover that I'm thinking of. Mm. That's not that one, then. I'm curious. I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> uh, there's like the, the Revolution is Here. They do a cover of that. Sure. That's a huge one. Yeah. So just, just vibing with that. Yeah, speaking of music... Uh, I got to go to Milwaukee yesterday. Uh, I wanted to go see Exclusive Company. The uh, the founder uh, died, passed away, and they're going to shut down all the Exclusive Company music stores. Damn. And uh, when I was 18, I moved to a house that was like a block away from the, the Exclusive Company in Milwaukee. And uh, it always had like a special place in my heart. Like they would do releases at midnight the night before the album came out so you go stand in a line with a bunch of crazy people sure and like get the album like basically the day before it came out and then you go listen to it you go drive around in your car so it has always had like a hyped energy to it so i wanted to go see that so i went down to uh, milwaukee yesterday hit up exclusive bullseye pretty good vibe Got yeah, to, got to see. Yeah, it was you know people were uh, still celebrating the Bucks down there pretty heavy, even though they sure. lost. It was actually really good to see, to be there right after they lost. Oh, it's nothing to feel bad about. No, I think people really took it in stride. I mean, there was like still Bucks and Six, like you know banners and posters and little things everywhere. Uh, I saw a dog bowl that had Bucks and Six on it. You know, hell yeah, people were hyped about it, and I think they were still feeling it. Doggy Portis. Do- there you go. <laughs> um. Dog sheep dog. <laughs> dog sheep dog. That one's for the uh, the real ones out there. Uh, and so people were feeling the uh, the bucks, man. They're still feeling it. They're celebrating. So I gotta say, you know, shouts out to Milwaukee. I had a great time there yesterday. And uh, you know, yeah, we'll, shout out to getting out. I mean, we'll like, be coming back next year. It was definitely a vibe too. Uh, Mississippi was really really flooded right now. 
but it was kind of cool to see. Yeah, uh, all swelled up and like, yeah. Yeah, and it just made me wonder. Like, I don't know, just it's definitely like moving pretty fast. It like almost makes you kind of wanna like just build a raft and get yep. some catfish and see how far you can go down there. Like, well, I feel huck, like huck little Tom, yeah, yeah, little Tom survived. That's there you right. go. <laughs> yeah. Wonder how how hard that could be. I wonder if it would be easier or harder to pull off today. That's what I was thinking. I think it would be harder now for sure because there's like huge, you know, there's a lot of shipping that goes down on the Mississippi River. I mean, like all the corn and all that. There's like those huge flatbeds of freight like coming out of like Iowa, and then they like load it up on the Mississippi. Sure. And it gets all transported down to New Orleans, where eventually it gets loaded up under a huge cargo ship, and it gets shipped to the rest of the world because we basically provide the whole world with corn and it's all grown in iowa yeah so i think uh, it'd be harder now because you'd have to navigate your way around all those different boats and stuff krings you want to get on a raft and go down the mississippi no not particularly what about a kayak no i mean i like going down streams and different things like if you go up northern wisconsin there's some nice streams up there Catch like the Wisconsin River. and uh yeah it's it's fun you know you gotta I mean, you could portage or you got to get picked up or whatnot, but, um, yeah, it's all fun. I just, for me, I stay away from the super dangerous stuff, but for the most part, depending on your for boat, you're, you're somewhat safe depending on your boat. But. Yeah. John over here is an app. You think you're safe now? Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's why I was happy to come on the show. You know, I was like, oh, it just feels so good. You know, my first podcast, like, sure. you know, it's a safe space. It's all good. Mm. <laughs> Go to the men's yeah. warehouse. Listen, listen, get this the is suit, also you know? the listeners out there may know, may not know. This is also the asshole that stole my face. Oh, geez. In a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the guy. He's the guy that just took my face and it's fucking true, made me say true. words I didn't want to say. So I admit it. So uh, yeah, for the listeners, John likes to superimpose his own face onto Amo's face and make uh, funny videos for the internet no it's just that uh we kind of we kind of became one person through that process you know like Ch- the real chuck mccliff was was born through your face and in uh you know so you guys can check this out at chuck, chuck mccliff on instagram like, please check out chuck mccliff i i feel like i feel like you're gonna be like that that super fan that like kills john lennon yeah. i'm hoping you don't i'm hoping you don't turn out that way oh Dang. Old David David, Cha- <laughs> David Chapman over here. Accusation central here. <laughs> yeah, John Lennon was so good that somebody shot him. I mean, that's insane. It's yeah, usually... well, I'm named after John Lennon. You know, a little. This bit. guy's John little John bit. Paul John Paul Chrisman. That's right. That's right. Johnny G strings. Oh man, oh, man. this guy. This guy over here knows push, I like to play the, the guitar, buttons. man. They call me BB uh, Kring sometimes. Yeah. You know, because I play the. Blues. You can play any song and just a G string. You ever I've heard uh, ever heard of Air on the G string? What is that Vivaldi? I can't remember. Classical piece. Mm. Air on the G string. All right, that's just lost <laughs> on you guys. I'll see myself out. You guys go ahead and finish. Too smart. Too smart for my blood. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah, back to our little in memoriam for the Bucks over here. Any parting words? Any? Uh... Should we get into that or should we get Kendrick first? Oh, baby. Mr. Morrow on the high steppers, Kendrick yeah, Lamar. I, have not heard it. I think we should go. Uh, I think we should do a little Kendrick first. So Kendrick came out with his double album, and uh, it's dense. There's a lot there. What are your uh, What are your initial thoughts? My My first reaction was I got to like uh, Rich Spirit. Okay. 
and that was like the first song I really, really loved. So like I gotcha. just had to play that one forever. Hmm. So you uh, double down and listen to it a couple of times in a row. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, like there's just there's that one line I want to point out or talk about for a second, just because I am the dork that likes it. But he uh, says something about like. 72 wins but i lost 10 balling with the flu yeah you know that's flu, my language flu game Michael but how Jordan. about you know that and the 72 and 10 is and always gonna be more relevant than 73 and 9 yeah nobody wants to remember that 73 and 9 because they didn't win no not only that but like i mean i feel like that was just uh, the 72 and 10 year was just the that was like american history the comeback everyone had wgn everyone like had every game no that was like a, like a, that was like america's moment you know they stole it from baseball for sure at that time like no kid in the 90s was like yeah we gotta go watch some baseball and i was like we gotta go see michael jordan here man oh this they is... stole it from football for a second too yeah football has a such i feel a like wide... michael jordan was bigger than any like he's the biggest sports any football of player of that time like like if you have like brett Favre or michael jordan oh jordan like, for sure no nah. yeah i mean barry sanders might be in the mix but not by much you know jordan's always got it He's always got the, the W on that. So back to the Kendrick Lamar album. It is a dense, wild record. There is so much going on. It yeah, seems to focus more on some of his traumas from his childhood in a way that, uh, you know, Good Kid, Mad City, it was kind of like more of the fun side of the adventure. And I think that this is like the the, the repercussions, you know, uh, you know, like the, the trauma is being dealt with here on this album. I think it was, um, it's why I love hip hop too. It's just very like, um, you learn something and and you yeah. think about shit and it's just very, you know, it, it changes like, you know, that whole CD is like going to change the way you think about things. It alters you. So it's just, it's great. Like you don't really get that in music um, and like the rock and roll kind of scene in a sense anymore. Like you might groove and like find that groove. Yeah. But like it won't make you like, you know, there's no Bob Dylan's making you question how the world is yeah you won't have the emotional connection through the lyrics that hip-hop brings i think like rock and roll now is you know it's just it's kind of like it's like party music for being like angsty and having a good time sure. but like rap can be dense and like get you involved with the lyrics friends what do you think about that like you you're a rapper and you love a lot of hip-hop yeah i mean obviously more so than most other genres like what's your connection to like like when you first listen to a record, like how, how, how are you like, uh, absorbing those lyrics? Sure. Well, I think almost as just a composer, I think that, um, other music is kind of more like handshaking with all the other instruments where hip hop is kind of more mm. of like a vocal, you know, music or whatnot. So it's definitely really sculpted to telling that story of whatever the lyrics are mostly. I think the music a tells a story times. too, though, because it's when you sample well, it can, the right yeah. and, and yeah. it's building upon, like, you know, just yeah. a lot of bringing back a lot of, you know, what was always tasteful and, and hip mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. keeping that going, you know, keeping that alive. Um, where, like, you, a lot of times you see a lot of genres, they don't kind of, you know, they lose their way maybe or they change a lot. And, yeah, and it's all odd. of a sudden, like, uh, Pink Floyd becomes Limp Biscuit. You know, like how, what, oh my what God. happened? <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> Roger Waters, no, Fred Durst though, collab? I mean, yeah, there's changing of ideals or like, you know, I don't know. I think that the tough part is, is like, are musicians making music in a certain capacity, like to 
to go play the show like you know uh it's attainable but not sustainable you know like you have to make a an act that's actually sustainable so things do change sometimes i imagine uh for bands because it even happens with me and even when you see lyricists like uh in rock groups and stuff like their voice like live doesn't hold up to certain song lyrics with the drives the compressors and stuff making them sound really powerful which is awesome or whatever in that capacity but uh when you see them live though it's always a letdown it's like oh shit like it's like so so you want to make songs that like aren't stressing your vocals i imagine um and that's what i would focus on going forward it's like make some music that you can actually go play like damon alburn or something like he's like a freaking pro yeah i love that that guy yeah he pulls it off in the studio and live of course Mm-hmm. And he's still doing it. They just announced a Gorillas World Tour. He's been, he's been, you know, or, I mean, they've been on the world tour, but they're coming to North America now. Chicago is the closest. Chicago is the closest, of course. Yeah, they played Chicago a few times what over the years. What do you guys think? It's a possibility. I would love to go see him. I bailed out it. on seeing him a few times. I mean, because and we you were, were like, you're talking about a festival, and I'm like, fuck it, let's go. We're gonna go see these guys in Las Vegas. Yeah, was that like, was yeah, that was the first was like, one that I, I was saw. Like, let's go do this. You know, yeah. like, um, you went to Vegas. Yeah, I'd go. I've seen some shows there. Nice. All right. So we had a one-up it there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, bringing it back to uh, the Kendrick album, like you're saying, like Kendrick can bring it to the stage too. And his his verses are very dense and there's a lot of like syllable twists that are like, you know, multi-syllabic, you know, like rhymes throughout different parts of like a, a, a basic line. He's not just doing like A, B, C, D formulas. He's going all over the place so what are your, your some some of your other favorites on there um spirit was my personal favorite yes that was the other one i really liked yeah that one i don't know that one kind of caught me off guard yes yes i was that was the other one that i played on repeat forever um i was gonna say though do you do you feel like because i i i want to i want to say that this is like a, a tupac kind of vibe like this is what mm-hmm. Pac was always kind of like where he kind of brought yeah like not only just like, you know, the, the just rapping really well, but he made you think about stuff like yeah. in a way the other rappers never really. And I think Kendrick really has always been in conversation with Pac because at the, at the end of To Pimp a Butterfly, he has that conversation with Tupac. They like did like, I don't know if they like AI generated the, the, the conversation or however they did it. And I feel like uh, so many comparisons have been made. And he always says that like if you like, I can't remember the exact line, but he's like, you compare me to Pac and you expect me to live up to these you know aspirations like you know imagine how stressful that would be right and so he's always kind of under that pressure that he's you know the you know, the public's putting it on him and he's putting it on himself too and uh this is like a all eyes on me kind of pock vibe well yeah and he's opening up and he's it's very personal and and uh he he also makes it just like fun to digest and just kind of makes you go through it with him and mm-hmm. it's raw and it's just it's it's beautiful yeah this one tends to be a little bit rawer than some of his other albums it's it's like cutting to the bone on this one he's getting at it yeah and it's interesting too because like uh it's been five years since he put out an album but so then you listen to this and there's like references to like current stuff he's talking about like Kyrie Irving like not Mm. getting the vaccine I'm like so when did he do these like raps you know so it's been five years so you think he's been maybe working on it throughout but then some of the, the references are like recent, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's probably one of those things you maybe you have the beat for a while and then you always just maybe rework it. a line mm-hmm. or two. Like, cause you have this whole project, you can always just go back and do it. Like, uh, 
you know, like like this guy just reworked a song today. Yeah, a little diss track called Bad Egg. <laughs> it's taking <laughs> taking on the pod. Yeah, having a lot of fun with that track. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the airtime and uh the inspiration Amo. It was it was a fun time to uh you know get get some of that aggression out in that in that way with sure. this hip hop shit. Having fun with it. So we should probably uh do you some justice and, and get it get an interview going and, and let you tell the people yeah so like when you go to like record a vocal like that what are you initially going for are you trying to go off the cuff or like cause i know like last week you sent me no less than like five or six rhymes that you had wrote within like a day mm-hmm. like you were just snapping and i'm like pulling my phone and there's like three new verses from john that he <laughs> sent over it's so like when you get into like a state like that like uh like what's the uh the the inspiration for that you just get into a specific flow state pretty much i think that it depends on the song you know it depends on like what inspires you what you can do what your what your goal or the vision of like the path that you're going to go down with that you know if you get a couple of lyrics it might be one bar or like one thing but um sometimes yeah it just really can be one song will inspire you and then you might have a bunch of like leftover energy. So one thing like, will like roll you into the end of the next yeah, one. Then you start another song and then, but, um, yeah, I yeah, feel that for it can, sure. it can be a lot of different things with this one. I had some stuff written, but then I kind of went, I went off with some different stuff. And then at the very end, I, I put that vocal effect on there and it adds all that power to it and gives it that, like, you know, uh, just fucking like like stark fucking like uh, i don't even know what the what that word is like um yeah it's not robotic but it is kind of like a well it's know, like it's like the shit you would call somebody in ransom like i want a hundred thousand dollars yeah, exactly. like it's like that's the yeah. voice so the, it's the like, voice changer. like that's yeah. the voice because it's like because i didn't know if i was even gonna make it on the show so i was like maybe i'll just hit you with this track and then you're like was that him <laughs> 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 yeah it's funny because so, you do disguise your vocals like that and uh, it yeah. does make it like, like a ransom notice, like leave 10 grand in a bag by the mailbox or else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is pretty much the, the threats that I was dealing with. Oh, the threats. <laughs> this guy, the threats. He like threatens people and then he's like, I'm being threatened. Ah, oh, I threaten people. <laughs> I think somebody's crying wolf over me. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I, uh, you know, no, nah, you know what? Like when I like my work, they they always ask like, "Do you have a best friend at work?" I'm like, "Are you gonna me, John?" <laughs> because the more the more you ask me this question, the more you don't give me John. Like the worse your score is gonna get. So, so it's like, like your best friend at your current is, job. I love this dude. Like, this is this is this is John. Like it's good to have you here. Do you mean like your best friend at your current job, or just like your best like work? Best friend, friend best work friend, like that yeah, you've ever current, had. No current job. Oh yeah, current job. Okay. Current job. Yeah, but yeah, you're, yeah. but you're trying to measure it against working with John. Yeah, over yeah. Here. Okay, I'm like yeah. I'm, I'm measuring it by the standard. You know, John's the gold standard for best friend coworkers. I'd have to say thank you to that. You got the honor on that one. It's definitely truism, you know. But. So we did all used to work together, but I, I didn't work with you guys in your department. So I would see you from afar. Uh, I probably would, hear us too. I mean, it's a lot, of, a lot of, you know, you could, you could hear you guys. Chuckles. I think like most of them, the, the indelible, like the, the permanent memories that I have is like you standing stone face with your arms <laughs> crossed and John, like saying some shit in your ear. 
And then like sometimes you would you wouldn't bite, and then other times you would just like break up laughing, and you'd be like dying for an hour. <laughs> and I'd be like in a different part of the you know the area, and I'm just like, what the hell's going on over there? <laughs> Let me know. No, those were good times, man. You know the work work sucks, but that's what's freaking <laughs> great is like to be able to joke around at work. That's like makes it uh, a whole lot more enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing I miss is just like being able to just talk shit while you work like if i could just talk shit while i work was it pretty cut and dry at your place now i just don't have anyone to talk shit to and oh, if okay. i did like they probably wouldn't either a talk shit back or be like wildly offended yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i think it's interesting of the like the environment you're in at work kind of does push into your real life <laughs> you know <laughs> Cause it's like, uh, what was I going to say about that? Like, I don't know. There was a whole thing I had with that. Like, well, there's that show severance that's on Apple now where the guy has oh, yeah. his, his work life and his home life completely severed from each other. So he can't remember yeah, I'm up anything. So if you're like at work, all you remember is like what you're doing at work and then you go home and you yeah, can't remember you gotta, anything. You got to keep independent George away from all those other worlds, you <laughs> know, wear the different hats. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> the worlds are colliding. That's right. That's right. Um, so I'll just uh, cut real quick. That was the uh, number four on the the Mount Rushmore. Okay, I got Seinfeld. The Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Excellent. Like Seinfeld. him, him as his own self or just the show. It, so it would have been Seinfeld slash Larry David. Okay, so, so there you go. Like a, yeah. So you get Larry David. You know, curvy enthusiasm. You get Seinfeld the show, plus Seinfeld's comedy. That's pretty good. I, I'm gonna leave out the comedy though. I've never really been so much. You're not of a huge a, fan. Of the stand-up of What's Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with this? Yeah, but the show, <laughs> the show is like the fucking amazing. phenomenal. Damn. I I do like Jerry, some. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wrong Jerry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I do love some sign uh, some Seinfeld, uh, the comedian himself. Like uh, he's got some good bits for sure, but it's nowhere near the filter that Larry David put that whole show through. Oh, he was good in comedians getting coffee in cars. Um, yeah, his material just doesn't really get new. Yeah. It's kind of like the same old shit. That's true. So he's, it's like, it is good, but then it's like, come on, man. He's like, recycling bits from a million years ago. Yeah. So my fourth on the Mount Rushmore is the Japanese writer Hiroki Murakami. Got a shout out to Murakami. Dope. He's the dude. I love just getting lost in those books. I've been reading them forever. Uh, shout out to Michael Quilling, who got me into him fucking in 2005. Wind Up Bird Chronicles, Cop on the Shore, some of these classic, you know, Norwegian Wood. It's uh, it's a good place to get lost. And uh, I was trying to think about that fourth, you know. I'm like, who's it going to be? I can't put, like, because I had Bob Dylan, MF Doom, Dave Chappelle. I mean, it's all, like, entertainers, like, in a respect that are, like, based off of, like, complex wordplay. And I'm like, well, what's the fourth? I'm like, oh, it's Mirakami, because I just get lost in his, his like, his stories forever. And uh, that's the dude. I don't know if you guys ever read any of his stuff. No, but I'll check it out for sure. I got a whole list of books that I need to okay. read. So I've got a couple of his you can definitely put on there. You can for start sure. with the short stories. You can start with one of the dense, long novels. I mean, uh, I mean the guys. Sorry, go ahead, Grains. I was just going to say I made it to the front cover one time. But yeah. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, his I'll stuff, get there. I'll get there. He's got a lot of short stories. and there It was, was an a, art book too, right? No, no. <laughs> no pictures. So there's a movie that came out this year called Drive My Car that was based off of one of his short stories. I got nominated for Best you know, Film of the Year. 
Uh, so, I mean, you can take like one of his short stories and just get into it or like one of his 700 page novels and just vibe with it. So Krings, what do you got for your Mount Rushmore? I was just going to ask. Top four. Mm. Top, Top four. four influences of all time. Top four influences of all time. Our favorite in people. What capacity? Just in, in any just capacity. Totally in open in any and all capacity. Yeah. So it could be, could be RZA. It could be yeah. Bob Ross. It could be. Top four? Okay, well... You know I got to be on one of those spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys are some top ten brothers, you know? <laughs> you guys are on my top ten list. <laughs> Probably. Nice. Probably. Top. This guy over here, I'm not so sure. <laughs> he might be pushing into my top 100 or something. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Like, make like a like a Us Weekly, but send out like your top. Like that's my top hundred. <laughs> like if you want to make it up this list, like a yearly, like <laughs> just for everybody you know. It was like MySpace with your top eight friends. I was just, gonna say, friends, I was just yeah. gonna say, like, oh, I got dropped out of that top eight. Twenty five. It's because I'm never on the internet. Shit. <laughs> so what do you got, Krings? You got a, like a one, two. Well, let's see here. I mean, it's so. I mean, you know, because. I have a lot of backgrounds, like being an artist or a musician, so it's hard to just like call on like a life inspiration. Obviously, you know, you have your family, you know, you got your friends, and uh, I think it would be tough to say. I think like right, like for me, it's like right now I've just been digging some reggae, like freaking a lot of that stuff, like Lee Scratch Perry. I guess I could say like him as one of them, maybe. That's on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah. This is like your all time. Yeah, just for his inspiration, the way that he does the dub stuff, because I, I kind of look at music and sonically don't really think of things exactly in the same like linear sense of a track. You know, I like to like kind of mess things up and make things gritty. So I think that somebody who has had the kind of balls to do that, yeah, that's kind of like did. what I want to like champion, you know, so I always so kind of did. You Lee know? Scratch Perry, yeah. throwing him on there, Mount Rushmore, Lee All Scratch. Right, we got one. Oh, I got you want more? Well, yeah, you, know, you, can, you, can, you can keep no thinking more, about it. I could, I could give you a few. You can more, keep I thinking think. about it as we go along, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can come back to that one. Yeah. So uh, we'll ask you some other questions though. Uh, Biggie or Tupac? Well, it was always kind of Tupac, but that's the wrong there answer. There we go. There we go. <laughs> that's just because that's how it it played out. Where I heard those CDs first, you know. So, they're they're both super talented. I just. Uh, it is weird because even the track that I made is kind of in that gangster rap stuff. And it's like, there's a part of it that like, like doing the battle rap stuff, you're connected to that, like doing this aggressive mm -hmm. type stuff. Yeah, for sure. But that's not really the music that I normally make. I just think that there is a place for it. And I think that, uh, it's, it's fun, you know, actually it's, it's a lot of fun to like have a place to do some like crazy shit like that really. So, so we got Tupac from John over here on the Biggie versus Tupac debate. All right. About uh, what do you? How do you feel about aliens? Well, I used to be called the Kring alien, so <laughs> in that capacity, you know, it's like the outcast thing. Like if you like feel outcasted or whatever, you're like, yeah, you feel like an alien. But it's tough, like being like you know, everybody talks. You know, it's like being a white dude, being like you know, privileged in that capacity. It's like hard to be like, oh, you know, you're like ostracized in any capacity or whatever. Right. Um, but as far as actual aliens, it's fucking crazy just because like when you listen to the shows about 
the technology that they would have of like why somebody might see it and then it might disappear is that they're moving at such like a velocity that like is faster than the speed of light or sound or whatnot. So then it's like, it's there and it is gone to us, mm. you know? So that, and then like a lot of other facts made a lot of sense. We could talk about the, the moon landing too, but I won't go there cause I don't want to, uh, no, let's have go you there guys lose any fans. We got you. You, know, you don't want to lose your fans. The you aliens know? were involved. We in got you. Landing? We got you here. Let's talk about it. Well, there's a lot of interesting things going on about that. Like, uh, like the radiation belt, like people want to talk about how easy it is to go to the moon. Like if it was so easy, (laughs) then bring me down there and let's have some lunch and come back. You know, (laughs) it's not so easy. Like there's there's something called the radiation belt that people get blasted with radiation. So it's kind of like, Hmm. I did see that, what is it, Buzz Aldrin cat knocked somebody out. Oh, it was one of the best videos he, of all time. He, he, he knocked that reporter down. He's, like, he's a wild dude. It wasn't even uh, a yeah. reporter. That was like just like a general like nerdy dude but, that kept pestering him. <laughs> but no, I'm just messing around. But actually, what's really funny, because at work sometimes in settings, I'm going to be like, I'm gonna sorry if this messes you guys all no, up. You're going to be like driving. Yeah. Drive, no, not you two, but like at work, I'd be like, I'm going to say this, but like you guys are all going to be driving home later. Like, shit. Like, <laughs> like, I, I go, did we land on the moon? <laughs> I say that sometimes. So what do you think? Like, do you think we, you think we did it out there? No, I, I think it's highly debatable because that, that, if I you really think about it, debatable, I asked if you thought they went or not. No, I I'm, I'm undetermined because what I'm oh, saying is it's like America became such like, had like an enlightened reputation after that. It's actually such a pivotal point in history that I think like we would, we would fake it at any means. Like people could do the rotation around sure. the, or, or around the, the earth. I you think, know, they said that, what that you got, the, there's a whole theory. I'm not the one bringing it up. No, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like this. this we is, need some this answers is, here. I this, personally think that we did go to the moon. See, I think it's a, it's a, it's a mix. So I think we went to the moon, but what we saw mm. was staged because of course. Wild there's no way shit. they could film that stuff that that well back then on the moon. How are you going to bring? I one feel of those like there's wild shit cameras. on the moon on the dark side of the moon. I feel like there's wild shit there. Actually, mm. I got a theory or not. It's not my theory. Sorry. Do you have that's more where octopuses come from? Actually, oh, well, I heard you guys talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Not my uncle was saying that that like like. We're the aliens. Of course. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, of course. like 100 years, our heads are going to be all big and shit. Yeah, like- so like, after, after you and I were talking about it, like, recently, I was like, you know, like, what if they did come through and, like, inoculate us with some sort of, like, knowledge that made us progress into the evolution that we know now? But then they, like, went away and then they, like, came back and they saw where we're at now as a society. And they're like, these guys fucked the whole thing up, you know? And they just, like, they could help us. But we maybe we fucked it up so bad that they just like flew back away and they're like, let them let them go, you know, because I'm always thinking about like, the, you know, the fishbowl theory, like, you know, if there is a God and like they did create what we have here, like, why wouldn't they intervene with all these like bad things, you know, so like maybe like they just like created it, set it on a shelf and walked away. And maybe the aliens did the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's possible. Like the thing is to um, if I feel like if I. If I created something, I would always have a tie to it. Yeah. And or I, would you interfere with it? I, or would I, you let it if, go? If it was like crumbling, uh, yeah, I think I would. I would interfere with it. Yeah. But I think that goes into like a, a whole kind of interesting conversation, uh, and a different tangent. For but I'll get back to that, um, in, in just a second. But, um, 
yeah, I just I just feel like there's just something special about us that's just so so unique. But then also at the same time, there's like a duality where we're also we're not progressing in a way that is smart or like beneficial to us. It feels like we we don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just we just also we, it feels like we have all these you know knowledge of how to be but then we're also a slave to like our primitive emotions and of course and and these things that we still can't get past even though like we have the knowledge and that's what's funny too is like animals obviously are like always so intuitive and like but they almost like take them you know like they're like so emotional but they can take emotion out of it like their whole essence is like instinctiveness and how to like perpetuate their like you know like a rabbit's gonna try to perpetuate their you know species you know? right and they're always on the lookout because they're always getting hunted and with us like we are like we like aren't getting hunted but we're always just like oh my god you hurt my feelings you made a diss track about me right. <laughs> you know and so like we are so susceptible to like that kind of uh yeah like you're saying emotions at all times yeah and i think to to bring it back to kendrick and maybe wrap this bit up for, for a second here and take a break. But, um, yeah, just bring it back in Kendrick and, and just like cancel culture and just being like, I think, you know, it's easy to just play on our emotions. Like it's easy mm-hmm. to just tap into how we feel like we sh- should represent ourselves, but none of us are really like doing those things that we really like try to portray like we're all just kind of like i don't know i feel like we're all just kind of hypocrites in a way and so it's just it's kind of like the thing that i took from the album is it's just it's it's time to just kind of just wake up and be real about shit Hmm. like it's okay to be real about shit it's cool to be real about shit like yeah and there's a duality to it too because he is like on the he's like defensive on this album too where he's just like hey you're like trying to accuse me of this or like you know that song where it's like the the fuck you bitch and they go back and forth like there is like a real like like he's like hey like you know he's trying to be real but it's also like he's getting caught up in it to where he has to like you know like shield himself and like be defensive and like that's present in that music for sure it's present in our world though oh yeah like that's the thing it's present in society like so he is being real by representing that for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is like kind of on his heels. Like he is being defensive too. Right. So it's like, he's only being so real, but that also is like being real. So we're getting caught in a catch, a uh, little spiral of a catch 22 here. <laughs> Sounds like it's time for a break. Unless you got something, John. Or I was just going to ask, um, so he just got out of his deal or whatever, or is he still in the same contract? This is it. This is the last thing oh, he'll ever do the... for Top Dog Entertainment. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. So this is it. He's free to do whatever he wants to do. Supposedly he started some extra label or like whatever they want to call it. And they called it like a business venture. I can't remember the exact wording. but Sure. Okay, cool. Oklahoma is what it's called. Nice. I don't know. It's going to be dope. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He's definitely a special dude. So Yeah, and he's he's free to do what he wants to. And uh yeah, but Top Dog Entertainment, you can't give him enough credit. J Rock. Um you know, they they fucking kill it over there. Um Isaiah Rashad. Isaiah Rashad, SZA. Um Damn it, why am I drawing the blank on the other dude? Your cousin worked with him? Uh uh, yeah, tell him about your cousin, John. Shout out to your cousin. Oh, Salva. Shout out to Salva. Salva. 
But that's that, you know. that's uh, that's what I'm trying to say with like like I feel like people that like um that I miss like working with like you guys is it's all just you guys it's just you guys know that it's cool to like do shit it's cool to like make shit it's cool to create shit you come from a long history of like doing cool shit and creating shit and it's just it's just so fun to be around it's just it's just it's fun to just create jokes and create skits and bits and yeah fucking all the inside jokes that i have with you john like just just age like wine you know like i know not just a quick interject is schoolboy q that's the guy i was trying to think of he's the other he's the other main the main foundation did it without a fact checker too didn't have to have a fact checker my brain actually came up with that one so thank (laughs) you brain shout out shout out brain but yeah shout out to salva what's he up to staying busy man like working on music you know putting out the good shit like you know same here just trying to like get get uh familiar with different instruments you know like you know just got to spend the time with them drum machines learning about like sub steps and <laughs> all different boring stuff but yeah i remember you told me about the show that he had on bbc radio and ghostface was on there oh Damn. yeah 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 uh, there was like a phone sick, call or something dude. they were like we love you i love you too <laughs> oh my god like, that's awesome oh shit Hell yeah! It's like I'm gonna die now. I can die happy. Ghostface just got a day in New York. It's uh, he's got his own official like a week day. ago. It's Ghostface Day officially. Yeah, I, think. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. I saw this like uh, this rapper, this do rag, and it said uh, Deluxe Luxury, and he has that line. And I was like, man, like it's so crazy what you don't know, you know? Like I'm just like, shit. That's <laughs> an awesome ass line, but it's like awesome ass like. You like that Ghostface verse on the the album? Yeah, yeah, I so always love Ghostface. We got so. I, we got to play that for you. So Ghostface is on the new Kendrick. Ghost yeah. is okay. Always... I was gonna ask about the appearances on there. Yeah, there so like Ghostface. Who's your favorite Wu Tang Clan member? Well, I mean, it depends on what day you ask me. <laughs> I think like if you ask me like now, who's like still going at it? Like I think Capadonna's coming out with a album called the illage okay mm. i heard about that and that's coming out real soon and he put out a couple of projects that you know what i mean he's just like still coming at it and bringing it all time though yeah i did all want to time. do a all whole time. episode this will just be a quick little bit and i wanted to do a whole episode and have you on just talking wu-tang for the whole episode just like see i think i think we should album. do seinfeld and wu-tang though because that's a chris rock <laughs> joke yeah it's a chris like, rock joke he's like how am i gonna meet a woman that's into my own interest he's that's like, the best find joke. a woman that's into seinfeld and wu-tang that's right it's right. <laughs> accurate that's so good no, but um, who's your member? Who's your favorite member, John? I mean, it would probably have to be RZA just because, like, I always wrote and made beats, too. So it's like, you know, when you spend your time doing different things. But he he just always had the the longevity with the Bobby Digital stuff, like oh, flying the off B, the skis the B, half the drunk or whatever. Like, he's just he's just amazing. But, yeah, Ghostface, probably Ghostface or RZA. But I'm a huge fan of every single one of them for every reason so it's like it's hard to even pick one like i could yeah we could have a whole episode because oh, it's like will. i could go yeah. between member to member to <laughs> member to member i'm um, oh you got a favorite wu-tang yeah member? i do i have to go raekwon raekwon is just that uh that his first album i, I can never get sick of um yeah. and it just still hits yeah, he might be mine too. It's it's tough to say. I'm gonna go take the easy choice. I'm taking Method Man on yeah, this one. Yeah, Meth is up there. 
Yeah, Matthew I, just put him on any track. Like he's he's got a track with Tupac and Biggie. And I just rewatched yeah. Soul Plane for the first time since like two thousand and four or five. So, well, and the I actually just Man watched and Red Man. Dirty Work with my sister. Of course, my sister's never seen it before, and uh, my brother-in-law had never seen it before either. So. I was tripping out because uh, me and my buddy uh, Francis at work had been into Norm Macdonald, like just talking about him. Like kind of like the six months leading up to when he had passed away. Sure. And so like we had both just been talking about dirty work, and it was like a month later he had died, and we're like, where did that like like we were just like so like t- talking bits, like you got to watch the Norm Macdonald Larry King interview, you got to watch him on Conan, you got to watch this His one. His bits are the best. Like and so we were like obsessed with them, and then he like died, and we're just like shit. Mm. So dirty work, huh? Dude, it just still holds up. It's the stupid, funny comedy that I, I yeah. just knew that would hit. I got it on DVD over there. Uh, I think Kevin so told good. me about that. Is that the one where Chris Farley's recording? last movie? Note to oh, self. Yeah. Yep. Note Chris, to self. Chris yeah. Farley has the best cameo. Yeah. There's a bunch of good cameos in that movie, but Chris Farley. I'm not going to do it, but I used to all the time. Yeah. I got my nose bent. <laughs> 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 did you guys talk about the new hour special that he did? No. Norm McDonald that he did before he had passed. No, the, the, the Netflix one. Netflix, yeah. May May thirtieth. Whoa, really? Yeah. yeah, man. Oh hell yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, they they had it in the can already recorded and everything. So Dope. it's gonna be good. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean I, I love them so much. Dirty Work. Me and Greg saw that at the theater like twice because we had this budget theater in Kenosha where you can pay fifty cents to go watch old movies. Dope. Because I mean it would be like a movie that was like a year old and you go there and it was just like you had nothing to do and in the summertime we're like ah oh, we'll go watch Titanic for the sixth time this summer you know because there's nothing to do but we saw Dirty Work a couple of times. Yeah, I remember. So classic. The kid that I uh, I I was a roommate with in college like in high school I, I went to high school with them too and i remember watching dirty work with them way back in the day and just being like okay this is norm norm has always been like good but like man i just get to see him just be stupid in a fucking movie it, it's his it's his movie yeah he wrote it and is he's that got the like, one where he gets tased too or is oh, that 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 other one he gets with tased DeVito. Well, th- well he gets tased by the little kids and he's like they were these huge guys like he's like he's like too embarrassed to say that he got like beat up by i think little it's kids. a different movie okay oh, yeah, either way yeah. still same comedian so yeah. yeah i could be getting mixed up too i'm not yeah. sure anyways time for a break yeah finally thanks. yeah thanks for uh, tuning in to pod sham god we'll be back in a second with amo and jpc gallery krings over here shout out kring alien We're back with Pod Sham God. Good to see you. We want to thank John Christman for coming on the podcast and uh, blessing us with that beautiful track. Yeah, it was a hell of a time. So uh, shout out to Johnny. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Most definitely he had to fly the coop because uh, we're about to talk a lot of shit about <laughs> sports and uh, I don't think he wanted to stick around for that. Shout out to Krings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, shout out to Johnny. He's the best. That was but, awesome uh, having him on. First guest in Pod Sham God history, so... He's the first one on. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll get a lot more. So uh, tell your friends and tell your people. To come on our podcast. <laughs> uh, but back to sports. Or let's get, to let's start get with into sports. sports. Yeah, let's, get, let's wrap it up with a little bit of... How you feeling? 
Uh, yeah, What's the, the temperature? Future. What's the future like? Are you already talking future? Well, we have to talk the future, right? Yeah, I had a dream we traded Chris Middleton for Damian Lillard. It was a really weird dream. Oh, wow. It freaked me out. I like woke up and like apologized to Middleton. I was just like, I like prayed to him. I was like, I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to have a weird dream about getting Damian Lillard on our team. <laughs> so obviously that's a little far-fetched, but that's uh, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, it's. I feel like, yeah, we don't have a lot of moves that we can make. It is going to be nice to have Lopez back, but we'll see what one more year mm-hmm. around the sun does to him. Um, so I think if we could trade you, Serge, yeah. Serge Ibaka back to get DiVincenzo yeah. back, I know, that'd right? be really like, nice. That's, so that's what I was going to say about the game. is that The two things I blame, well, first of all, I think Giannis and Holiday. You mean game six a, or game seven? Both in general, in the okay. series, I think in general. Okay. I think Giannis and Holiday really did uh, all that they could. Mm-hmm. And so it, too much even. It was good to see uh, them get their respect, especially Giannis. It's pretty much now general consensus that he's the best player in the in the in the league in the world yeah. right now. Yeah, so, LeBron dropped down. Yeah, it's good to see him claim that. And Kevin um, Durant kind of dropped down a, a level, so I think uh, it's for Giannis to take. But there were a couple of things I think that we still could have won that series even without Middleton. Hmm. Uh, I think that George Hill was a mistake. Yeah, a lot of problems with George Hill. A lot of time. A lot of Grayson that, Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen was another mistake. A lot I of think. fumbled passes from Grayson having, Allen. Having, yeah, having him do anything but shoot threes is always going to be a mistake. And the and he's uh, not even three and D. He's just like three. He's and, just three. Yeah, three and just, three and turnstile. I don't know why Let's we kept uh, him over Dante, but. Felt like Dante was the perfect fit for us. Yeah, Dante was our guy. Home, and he would have homegrown been huge with Hit Middleton out for us. Always a spark plug to come off the bench and like really get at the you know create some offense. Exactly, and move the ball around a little bit. Yeah, um, I think Giannis could have done maybe a little more, uh, just spreading the ball around. But like, also, what is the point if? You know, there's yeah. no one really hitting shots. Pat Connaughton, Pat, shout out to Pistol Pat. Pistol Pat was the Bobby only one, P. the only one doing good until the last two games. Pat did not do so hot, but yeah, he faded. He faded. He was he was, was he was getting us points. So you gotta say what you know. You gotta take that take the luck where we can get it. I love Bobby P too, so I'll take him. And but but yeah, in the three point game, we really got beat up hard. That's the other thing I wanted to touch on is just the strategy that we have. Uh, just that we're very stubborn with it, and we're never gonna like adapt. Like, I mean, Grant Williams hit so many threes. I thought I was just gonna like throw up. I feel like even so, with his hot start, well, he started out actually kind of cold, and then he hit fire. I'm talking about yeah, like, towards the end, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I feel like before the towards the end, right in the part where he started catching fire, there should yeah. have been. It's a little too live by the sword, die by the sword. We're just not, you know, if we're not gonna hit any, then we're just never gonna win any other games, right? Ever, right. It's tricky. So it's just, I, I feel like at some point you're going to have to like, so you always have to have two schools of thought. And this is going to be, regardless of, I'm not going to say, uh, this doesn't mean anything like political, but think of the words like liberal and like conservative in like any other sense. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, conservative means probably, like, adverse to risk. Like, someone who doesn't want to take risks, right? 
Mm-hmm. Liberal means like you're more friendly to take you're, you're you're just more willing to take risks, right? Just in a general sense of like what those words mean. Yeah. Um, you should never be one or the other, because if times are gonna be like, you know, if things are always gonna go well. You're gonna to want to be probably conservative because maybe taking a risk is gonna mess that up. Yeah, you want to preserve what you have. But things are never gonna always go well. Yeah. So there's gonna be a time when things are going bad. You don't want to keep doubling down. Right. You want to try something different, and maybe that takes a risk or two. Mm-hmm. And so you should never be like all one thing, like because you know change is constant. You gotta take a holistic approach. Yeah. And so that's what I hate about Bud. Hmm. Is he will just he'll never bend his strategy, right? Yeah, and so when things are going down, it just he doubles down on the negative and it just turns into game seven. Mm hmm. That's what I got. Yeah, and the energy was a little bit weird in that last game. I think the body language, I think like they just kind of wore us down. I think the like we were tired, it was a long series, and I think that's why Boston lost game one too in the, the Western Conference. I mean, the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I was going to say. I, I said think that, that to my buddy. Today I think it was too. like a bloodbath for both teams. And mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, going down to Miami, Boston has to play them now. I feel like Boston was just a little bit tired and Tatum got worn out by the third quarter. Miami was all over them. They're just eating them alive. They're ready for them. But uh, both of those teams were still running actual plays. Yeah. The Bucks were just like letting. I mean, just really just like letting up, like, you know, down the stretch. They would not put any pressure on it. It was just the same shit over and over again. You know, just not enough switches, not enough screens, not enough movement off the ball. No, and when we did move the ball, it felt like we would look good. Like when we started the game, Giannis was, had a, what, a five, six assists in the first quarter. In game we seven. We had that lead. Yeah. 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 And then I feel like. I know that lead the was fleeting. It was closing, so sweet. Well, was just like, oh, the way we closed the first and second quarter, and again, a lot of that is George Hill too. Mm. I feel like comes back to George Hill. There was a we had that nine point lead at the end of the first, and then George Hill comes in there and it turns into a four point lead just like that. Yeah. With there was like a uh, I forget what it was, but I think it was like a foul or a layup, or we got something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a Bobby Portis offensive rebound, mm-hmm. and it would have been like cut to two if we didn't have that. In yeah. that minute 45 just, or whatever, just to close that quarter. And just as like a for replacement value, imagine if you just had Middleton, Chris Middleton playing defense right. instead of George Hill. Like not to even mention like how much offensive power like Chris could do and like what Chris Middleton can bring on defense was kind of really missed too, I thought. Yeah. I think like we would normally have somebody else that could kind of body up and like it was like long enough. And George Hill has that, but he just doesn't have the ability anymore. Like no, that. every time I saw him, he was just getting, uh, you know, he was one step too slow. I feel like Carter yeah. maybe would. He have was been... getting tossed around. We too. should have tried maybe Carter. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't even try Carter. You know, because you watch some of these like like the Heat, they got Max Struess out there, like just mm-hmm. like as like a like a leading force in their offense now, and I'm like, right, like who is like, where's our guy yeah. like that? You know, we never have that guy, right ever mm-hmm. and the heat like every year it's like the heat have like duncan robinson and they got tyler hero and they got all these guys that keep popping up who was the other dude that they had that was uh, a recent draft oh uh, was it number 25 um he had gotten hurt oh, i can't remember but it was another one of those like almost like another folk hero that they got now they got Struess out there bombing they got uh you know jimmy butler just going off as like a leader and i think Giannis is that leader too, 
but I think you need like yeah, um, you need a bench. You need a bench to like and back need, that leader up. You need people that like you saw it even with the Nets after Harden left. Like you, you can't just have only two guys that can create, right? And then no bench. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna catch up. It's gonna be really taxing on the two guys. Extremely taxing on the two guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens out west, though. Yeah, I mean, Luka Dallas did Mavericks it. versus I got the Golden my game State Warriors. And look, I got Luca in there, too. Um, I really hate doing this because mm-hmm. I don't know why it doesn't matter. But, like, I feel like there's always superstitions involved when you, like, bet on stuff. Yeah. And I hate like telling people my bets. Don't but... tell me. Don't tell me. You don't have to. Nah, I gotta. I gotta tell. I gotta tell. Who you got? Who you got money on? I got. So I did a little parlay on both Dallas and Miami winning. So I'm having a Dallas Miami finals. I'm here for it. We'll see what I, happens. It's who I'm rooting for. Yeah. Yeah. If it's Boston Golden State, I'm gonna be wildly disappointed. <laughs> uh, but. I think this could be Luka Doncic's time. Like this could be him stepping up into that role where he is the next transcendent star where he's just always getting buckets. Yeah. You can always pass it to him. He's always going to be there. And he's making his team better. Like people are always do- people were doubting his like cast. No, um, but yeah, Brunson is killing it. Dimwitty's killing it. Kleba, they're doing it down there. Yeah. I mean, they got it going on. Yeah, that Golden State-Dallas series is going to be fun. It's probably going to be the, the best series of the year. Yeah, the game is going on right now, but I don't know what the score is at the moment. Yeah, I haven't checked either. But um, So I'm rooting for uh, Mavericks versus the Heat. Yeah, same here, same here. Like, uh, And, you know, just to touch on that uh, point that we were trying to make maybe earlier that we never, I think, got into like on the last episode, Jason Kidd as a coach. Yeah, he's really bringing it this time. I like him maybe more than Bud. I mean, it's, yeah, but he wasn't the same guy then. Yeah. He was not running stuff like this. And his defensive prowess on this team, and supposedly this uh, his supporting crew, his uh, assistants and stuff, are the best assistants in the world. You know who's league. an assistant? Give it to me. God, sham God. On Dallas, that's... Yes. Yeah, okay. That's beautiful. I know, right? Um. Yeah, he's, yeah. I'm not even shitting you. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But they have other guys, like their offensive defensive coordinators are like top guys that'll probably get head coaching jobs in the next two or three years. So nice. they got it going on. Jason Kidd didn't have the same mentality when he was coaching the Bucks. So but you're saying now you like him better than Bud. Well, maybe it's the God Sham God effect. I don't know. But it could be his magic. It could you know, be little little God Sham God magic bringing him the, you know, that special thing. But I think the special thing is just Luka Doncic yeah. overpowering guys, just like Nobody can defend this guy. But Luca's actually playing defense now too. He's doing better, yeah. And they're playing they play good defense. I feel like they play better defense with Luca on the floor than without Luca mm-hmm. like when he's off the floor. But I in that like... in that Sun series, they would throw bridges on him and Bridges is like the runner up for defensive player of the year and he wasn't doing shit against Oh, Luca's offensive game is already perfect. Yeah. It's it's amazing. So looking forward to that. What do you got? Uh Heat and six? Yeah, I'm not gonna call a number on it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say Heat Mavericks. Okay. Going Ma- I'm going Mavericks in five. Ooh wow. Bold. And I'm That's going spicy. Heat and six. Spicy. I don't like this Golden State team. They lost by fifty 
to the Memphis Grizzlies in like a weird throwaway game. I think they're getting burnt out. I'm thinking uh, doing a little 180 on Poole in this series. He's been one of my favorite players all year, but I think he's going to fuck this series up oh, for wow. him. And I think Dallas is going to crush him. I I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I just love watching Luca play. And, uh, yeah. So that's what's up. So what else you got in the sports world? Um, we got the Calgary Flames doing it for They're a doing it. My team lost. The Toronto Maple Leafs got beat by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So yeah. I'm out. Yeah, it's kind of so, what makes uh, hockey kind of exciting. It's, it's just um, So your Flames really are still in it? They're doing good? Yeah, they got to play their game one today, too. So they're probably maybe playing, playing against Edmonton? Yeah, they're probably maybe playing right now, too. Yeah, that's definitely on right now, yeah. Yeah. So shout out to the... The Flames. Yeah, you gonna pick a new team or how are you gonna? Do Taking this? the Avalanche. Taking the Avalanche. You recommended the Avalanche. I'm yeah. jumping ships off the Maple Leaves. I, I feel like the Avalanche are gonna be a lock to make the uh, the Western Conference Finals, and if my Flames make it, that's gonna be a spicy matchup. So we'll, we'll be battling out west. Nice. So we'll see. We'll we'll meet you in the Western Conference Finals. There. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Other sports news. Anything going down? Any baseball? Uh, the Brewers are in first right now. That's beautiful. Yeah, so they're they're definitely looking good. The division feels like it's up for grabs, but it's baseball, you know. Like I feel like this season doesn't really even start until the first trade deadline, and then you got September call-ups too. Maybe you got like a whole different team. A lot of changes afoot. Yeah, so I feel like I I start watching baseball like the All Star break, and um. You know, just kind of see what happens there. It's kind of fun to see. Like, it's always fun to watch that that race for the wild card. Mm-hmm. I feel like baseball always has like the best race to the wild card. There's so many teams that could be in it. Yeah, so they go for it. Like it's scrappy. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's wild, and then and it just makes people like do all sorts of crazy trades, and it just makes it just a wild end of the season. Mm-hmm. But the beginning is just. Uh, yeah, I watched one Brewers game this week, and they seem to be pretty damn into it. So yeah, you know, early analysis looked like pretty good from one game. No, <laughs> they look good. They're contenders for sure. It'll be nice to see them maybe, hopefully, do something in the in the playoffs. But I don't got a lot more than baseball. Like there is that uh, catch any of that Formula One in Miami. No, I should probably get into that though. Like Bill Burr always talks about that. Yeah, he loves it. Well, he he was never into it, and then he got into it. And yeah, then, you know, he you know, he'll update us on uh, <laughs> his watching. Yeah, you watch a little highlights from that. I don't know what else is out there. John Daly got cut. Dude, John <laughs> Daly. Yeah, John Daly. I was reading about. He's gonna be on big the, time shout out. Yeah, he's gonna be doing some things. Um, whatever the. Uh, he plays like one major a year always. It's one that he won before, and oh, I can't remember which one it is, but I can't remember which one it is. But he, he, he was out there this week. That was nice to see him out there. Big time shout out. Yeah, Tiger Woods is still my guy though. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's totally two different styles and two different things. Yeah. No, I know. There's just it's it's easily it's, it goes back to that same like Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman. Like they're both gonna be equally exciting like in their own ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Tiger's looking like he's out there again, though. Yeah. He's back after that injury. Yeah, which is impressive. Yeah. So he's back. Uh, You catch any of the cricket match down there in uh, 
Nah. In New Zealand. <laughs> I'm just joking. Cricket is huge down there. I was down there in New Zealand once, and cricket is huge down there. I just never really got into it. Yeah, I'll try to watch it every once in a while. I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, sometimes the matches can last up to two days. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about over here? How does that work? <laughs> yeah. Um, football is kind of dead, too, right now. I'm just kind of waiting for the season to start. Is that, like, low period where only time you really hear about news is, like, I don't know if they're talking about, like, I guess they're not really talking anything about the draft, so the draft is going to yeah. only need Teams are trying to get, you know, together, and, uh, you know, like the GMs are formulating all their plans, and I don't know. I don't know anything about what they're doing right now. Man, all you really hear about is, like, Tom Brady's going to join Fox when he's done his playing, so he's going to be an analyst. All right. It was kind of weird to see, like, Wayne Gretzky was, like, an analyst for some of the hockey I was watching, and he was, like, a booth guy. Yeah. What's wrong with that? He's charismatic. He could do it. I just feel like he's too great. Like you don't ever see Michael Jordan. No, I know. On but there, like you'll see Magic. You'll see Magic Johnson doing halftime true. shows. That's I'm like, true. what is Magic doing here on the halftime show? You're like the, <laughs> one of the best of all time. Like top, you know, top top. <laughs> like, you don't have to be doing this. Like you own the Dodgers. Like what's going on here? Why are you here? And uh, so you, you'll see it occasionally. Um, but yeah, he would be one of the most high profile athletes to be doing that for sure. NBA draft was, I mean, uh, NBA uh, lottery, the, the the ping pong balls were today. Yeah, I actually. So Magic I, will be picking first. Yeah, yeah, I saw Oklahoma City got second. They were hyped about that. Okay, see, it's going to be good. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be rocking. You know what? Like, we were, uh, I was talking to my buddy today. Like, you ever notice how, like, teams used to, like, take the name? Of their uh, old city when they moved the new city, like a franchise used to move, like even like the uh, the Tennessee Titans were like the Oilers first before yep. they like changed to the Titans. Yep. But then they like stopped for a certain point. Like even like the uh, the Montreal Expos became like the Washington like Nationals. Like instead mm-hmm. of like the Lakers going all the way from Minneapolis to Los Angeles. For- Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Expos—they had the best color scheme yeah, of all team, any yeah. team of all time. But something Love happened. Now, like you don't like it's probably it's probably for the better. Like you don't want to end up with like the Utah Jazz. It, it's it's so tricky because I mean I think back then like they actually wanted that name recognition. I think back because it was like a regional thing. I think they sold tickets that way. They're like, oh yeah, sure. guess what? We got New Orleans basketball team. You know, they're like they're selling it like as an idea. So they want they didn't want to like move to Utah and call it like the Utah Arches or something like that. Sure. They wanted that name recognition of the jazz, which I think wouldn't matter now. Like if you move a team, you'll just change it from supersonics to thunder. You know, right. you're just like whatever. This is our thing now. Because like you it's worth so many billions of dollars. You're just like off the bat. You got it going on. You can do whatever you want. Back then, it was different. You know, I think it was just, like, smaller scale. Sure. Smaller stadiums, less, like, payout. Not as much money involved, but the actual team was, like, had, like, some uh, renown, you know. It's like, uh, you know, Dodgers moving to Los Angeles. You know, like, why would, you know, it's, you know, the you know the Dodgers were See, named after streetcars in New York. That's you know, the thing. Like, I, I still Brooklyn, feel like, I mean, though, like, for, to go from, like, an iconic city like that, like, you would want to kind of, like, promote your own 
Like LA, like you know, you don't want to take like the Dodgers name. Like that's yeah. I feel like, and I, you know, like I, I understand what you're saying, but I just mm-hmm. feel like, I don't know, the the independent spirit in me, just doesn't doesn't understand that. But I mean, like the Rams still kept their name, Chargers. Oh, I know, I, I that's what they did, and to a certain yeah. point, and then I feel like, I don't know if it was maybe this the supersonics that like maybe legally got to fight it hmm. and keep that name. But like, I feel like there was maybe like a point, maybe like a legal precedent. To I, it or something. I don't think it's a legal precedent. I think it's like a case by case basis. Sure. I think like with the supersonics, like that, that group bought that team and like just stole the team. And like, I don't think they really even wanted the rights to like the supersonics, you know, like there was no way they're going to be able to bring like that supersonic imagery to like Oklahoma city. It just like wasn't possible. So I think it was just like a matter. It was like a marketing decision, I think, on their part. But like, what are some other teams? Teams don't move too often, you know. Right. That's what we were trying to think of. Because I'm thinking like Charlotte Bobcats, like when they like did their little shuffle with uh, New Orleans, and that was all kinds of like you know the Hornets. Yes, yeah, so I guess I guess that yeah, was so after like, Seattle, right? New Orleans, or was it? Uh, it was like roughly like the same time period, I guess. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. The, we had to get our fact checker on that. But so it was like the Charlotte Hornets got moved to what, New Orleans? I think they were the New Orleans Hornets for a second. Yeah, Chris Paul then, was on the New Orleans Hornets. Yeah. But then the Bobcats started up yep. and didn't have the rights to the name the Hornets. But then eventually. Well, then the, the they changed. So the, the New Orleans became the Pelicans. Yeah. So that's actually an example of them just changing. like. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is like there is like a lot of different ways you can do that. I don't think there's like a hard and fast rule that's been set up for it. But it was always weird when the Hornets were down in like New Orleans. You're like, what's going on here? So, yeah, I don't know. Those are some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to the draft lottery. Um, the Magic. Got to get somebody. Yeah, you think Chet? I don't know about Chet. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about Chet, man. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I think uh, I like that uh, Payalo Manchero. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I tend to just like wait to see what happens that first year when somebody gets drafted. It's always people have so many predictions on these college players. Sure. And there's been so many top 10, like, candidates, or, I mean, top 10 drafts that have been wiped out of the league in the last 10 years. Like, half of them aren't even playing anymore. Oh, I think I think Chet will be fine. But you saw what happened with DeAndre Ayton. He's going to get a max from somebody else? What happened? I feel like he's, he's just... Like, like his, a, just him being a number one pick, or...? Yeah, I just don't think he's lived up to that value. Oh, you got Luka Doncic, you know... In that same draft well, right there. I guess I don't think a big could ever live up to that value anymore. Yeah, it's really tricky because when you look at it, you have like Zion Williamson went number one and John Morant went number two, and it's almost like the Greg Oden versus Kevin Durant situation right. from back in the day where like obviously Zion was the number one pick, but back in the day obviously Greg Oden was the pick. And like, you know, nobody even remembers that Kevin Durant got picked behind him. Kevin Durant's like the greatest scorer that's ever been you know, alive. Greg Oden's gone, you know, and now like the Zion versus Ja thing is like that now. It's just like you know, uh, Zion is just like hurt all the time, and Ja is just out there killing it. And he just like rises up, and people are like, you know, where's, 
you know, where's Zion, you know? Right, right. And, like, if he doesn't pull through this year, it's going to be one of those situations. And so you have these guys, these second picks that can uh, really take the league over by storm. You know, like it's the underrated player. And uh, a lot of times the big guy is the one that gets picked number one. Like DeAndre Ayton. And then you got, you know, Trey Young. I know you don't like him too much, but he's had a better career than Ayton probably overall. And obviously Luka Doncic is like... Yeah, Luka's the cream of that draft. Luka's like the best player we got going in the league, aside from Giannis right now. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're rambling over here. <laughs> we're rambling and stumbling. You got anything else you want to get out? Um, Let's see. Do I got anything? No, I think that's all. I think that's everything that I really wanted to touch. Well, we'll leave you with that heavy, hard-hitting information right there, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Pod Sham God with Brandon and Amo. Amo and Brandon. He's Amo. Hey, he's Brandon. Yeah, that's what's up. Have a good night, guys. Peace. Peace.
records they never did. Bitch, I never split. Hot nickel, rock me. Hot this, 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 this. You nothing, nine lives. No, you just a kitten. You smooth, hot shoes. So do the rock, rock, move with the mass ass. Get your thick ass smashed. Listen to hit back and get me the hit. Hotline, rock mine. Let me know, motherfucker. It's about time. Let them have it. I let them get it. I want a hot digit. As a new one has you, I speak specific. I want a hot shoe. Can't swear a slipper. Fuck off like a walking bitch when they get it. Like a stack, that's you wanna talk you about to get it like your act. No notice in life, you a bank slip, get your kick your stack. I drop a fucking elbow on your head. Guess they talk about they wanna live, yet they dead on for the wrong mix, flex, flex on the beat, we we hook about this year, you know your beat next. Holy correct, talking about your weeks. Two, four, 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 talk about egos when cats wanna small. Reaching on the whole just act control. You ain't catch my first born. Talk about you living like a horn. Cats really into porn. Really into porn. The type of cat who wanna end up in your lawn. 